When is something a heresy? When do we break fellowship with heretics on this slice of fresh bread? Welcome to Fresh Bread, a podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville. Pastor Brandon, Pastor Keith. Well, thanks for clicking on Fresh Bread. Fresh Bread, we're bringing the truth of God's Word to a starving world. And this is Fresh Bread podcast number 44. And by the way, I'm Pastor Keith. He's Pastor Brandon. And today we're going to kind of piggyback off our podcast 43, where we talked a little bit about Israel. And what we want to do is uh, we want to clarify some things. And it was an idea that we both had because we were both, as we were sitting there talking, what is heresy? How do you define it? And it was interesting. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about heresy. I'm just going to ask Pastor Brandon right off the bat, let's define heresy. Well, I think it's, I mean, heresy would be something that ultimately is not orthodox in terms of the gospel, would be, as an example, heresy. To say that, for example, to say that that Jesus was not born born of the Virgin would be, you know, a core doctrine of the Christian faith. But, But I think another heresy, you know, in terms of, so that would be, that would be, you know, like the Trinity. I mean, so anything to do with the Trinity that is mm-hmm. not orthodox and orthodox understanding. As an example, you know, the Mormons would say that Jesus is not God. I mean, that would be that would be heretical. That that would be one example. I mean, in terms of salvation, you know, we the Bible's clear, we're saved by grace through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works. So anything that adds works to salvation would be heretical. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that I think those are the kind of the the big the big picture things that that would be heretical specifically. You know, I I yeah, I mean that that the, anything to do with the gospel that that impugns on the gospel, anything that impugns on the person of Christ, the Father, the the Holy Spirit, you know, the Trinity in terms of the Orthodox Church understanding, biblical understanding of the Trinity. Those things, you know, are definitely things that we have to be uh, would need to consider uh, heresy. Is it? Is it have mainly something to do with the gospel? See, sure. I mean, I, I, you know, I think of when I would bring up the Trinity. I mean, I, it, you know, you think about if if Jesus isn't the Son of God, right. you know that, you know that is definitely part of the gospel that that Jesus God sent His only begotten Son you know, that he is the son of God. I mean, so that is the gospel that's central to an understanding of salvation. So yes, I mean, I would say that very specifically, if it if it changes what is an, an, a biblical understanding of the gospel, especially adding, like adding works to it, mm-hmm. would definitely be heresy. So I think that those are the things that are, that are clearly heresy, meaning, meaning that they, you cannot be considered a part of Orthodox Christian, the Orthodox Christian faith, meaning that I am outside of the lines of of what is Christian and what is not truly Christian. What's the difference between a heresy and, and false teaching? Well, I think I mean I, I think they're related for sure. I mean if I'm if I'm teaching something that's false, you know that's heretical. I would definitely equate them. I I don't know if I teach something that I mean there's different doctrines and and in, in the church that are not heretical doctrines, but they're not exactly 
you know, that maybe they're not agreed upon. And so I wouldn't necessarily, that, that, that isn't necessarily heresy or isn't, that isn't heresy and that isn't necessarily false teaching either. True false teaching would fall along the lines of something that's heretical. I definitely would see them as related. You know, there, there are doctrines that, you know, some people would say, some people would say the creation, you know, that, that having an understanding of the creation as being, you know, the world being older than, you know, not a young earth, uh, you know, that there's a lot of Christians who would, who would have that understanding. You know, that's not, I mean, I would say that's in, in, a, in a sense, it's central to the gospel because it's central to who God is and, and the fact that he made the world and he made it in power. And, and I, I would say it's important. But I don't know that I would say, I don't think I would say that somebody's a false teacher if they have a different understanding. There's definitely guys out there that have a different understanding of, of the creation and how God created. Now, I think it's dangerous, and I think it could lead to false teaching and a false understanding, and could even lead to heresy, if it, especially if it changes the person of God and who he is, who he's revealed himself to be then that's a that's problematic and you know anything that that's you know not it's not biblically correct it, you know is has the potential has the potential to be or to become or to move in a, a heretical direction someone along the way if i teach something that is not not biblically correct even though it may not be heresy as as an example maybe i teach i don't but maybe if i taught that that, that the world was millions of years old there is a potential that that would become heretical at some point. That mm-hmm. somebody would take that information and use it in a in a in a heretical way and in a false teaching way. I you know when I when I don't get it right, there's a potential for people to twist it even further and you know take it and 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 run with it, so to speak. And we've seen that. We've seen that in in different you know in different um, contexts for sure. If you're asking the difference between heresy and false teaching, I mean something could be false. And it's not necessarily heresy. heresy, but you know that something could be not right biblically, but not necessarily to the level of heresy. But I, you know, obviously we want to get it right, and and yeah. you know the, the the you know if somebody is is teaching wrong things, we definitely want to correct that, and and not not follow after that because again, that false teaching, that thing that is not true, it could be latched onto and pushed even further. So an example of some heretical beliefs or even religions, I guess, would be Mormonism, Jehovah Witness, and how about Seventh-day Adventist? Um, Well, definitely Mormonism. I would definitely say that that is, you know, obviously that they are saying that that Jesus is, they are denying that he is deity. Definitely be the, you know, basically, and and they would also add works to the gospel. Um, Jehovah's Witness as well would definitely be a, a, a heresy for sure. Seventh Day Adventist is a hard one for me, as our listeners, most of our, many of our listeners will know, we we rent from the Seventh Day Adventist. That that one's a hard one for me because, you know, they they actually do because of how they look at the Old Testament, how they look at the law specifically. I think that they are certainly false. They're they're aberrant in that understanding. Do they rise to the level of Mormonism and Jehovah's Witnesses? No, I don't think so. But I would certainly, if someone came to me and said, "Hey, I'm I'm part of the Seventh Day Adventist Church. I'm thinking about getting out," um, I would definitely get encourage them to do so um, for sure. And so I don't know. Maybe some other people would. I, I I've never really heard 
anybody, you know, like a MacArthur or a Sproul, I have, personally haven't heard them talk about the Seventh-day Adventist. I know, I know for sure, obviously, Mormonism and Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard people say that Catholicism is, you know, they're apostate as opposed to heretical. I, you know, I think anything that, it, you know, the, the, the Catholics, I mean, they, their view of purgatory, their view of, of works and, and the gospel, I, I have a hard time not saying that they're heretical in that mm-hmm. sense. And I would never, but I would certainly say, I mean, like a ECT evangelicals and Catholics together, I would never be able to sign something with them because of their view of the gospel, I think it's just not the same as, as mine and you know what I think is a biblical view. So I can't, I would never be able to go with them. You know? So let's just look at some of these topics here. If, if, if a church was preaching and teaching evolution, is that a heresy? Well, no, I don't think so. I don't think it rises to the level of heresy, but at the same time, it's dangerous. And, and I think it's wrong. It's not biblically right. Um, and I do think that it could be pushed, you know, so that it becomes heretical, Does that, if that makes sense. Okay. You know, I, I think there are churches here in town that—I know there are churches here in town that that would, you know, believe, you know, their pastoral staff would, would either believe in he- evolution or would at least say it's possible, you know, that there's a possibility and that that can, that can potentially exist with, you know, Genesis chapter 1. I, I don't think that that's, I think that's false. I don't think that that's what the Bible teaches. And, and yet, yet I, I think that, you know, they could potentially still be not, you know, obviously not heretical in the sense of the gospel and, and, you know, getting the gospel right. And so, yeah, I, I, this is a tough subject. I mean, I, this is a, I mean, this, a, I, I know why we're doing this and I think it's, I think it's right to do it. I think it's right to think through this. And, and I think it's hard because, you know, what do you call this or that? I would say, I would say teaching evolution is certainly dangerous and, and false and wrong. Uh, whether or not a church is heretical in that, um, I think that, that there's a possibility of moving in that direction, but I could see, I couldn't potentially, I couldn't specifically say they're heretical for teaching evolution. I just have a question. How could it not be heretical when you're taking evolution, you're taking what the Bible says and kind of trying to put, like, where did death come from? And, you know, if it's millions of years, and that's the only thing I, I'm asking you the question. Certainly, certainly is false. I mean, I, that I mean that's when I say certainly, what I mean is is that I read scripture and I believe you know what Moses intended in writing that was to show that God created the world. There's no, I don't see any room for evolution in that text, and therefore I take it very literally. There are others in the church who would say, you know, it's poetic and, you know, it wasn't intended to be uh, taken literally. And, you know, is that, I think the question is, is that, I mean, and, and they have answers for the things that we ask. I mean, I, I don't think they're right answers, but they have answers. And so do I think it's heresy? You know, I, I again, I think that would be, that would be a high hurdle. I mean, that's a high hurdle in terms of, I mean, it's a low hurdle in the sense of you mess up the gospel, you're, you know, that's, you know, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, you know, that, that, you know, that pretty low hurdle in terms of what, what actually becomes heresy. But in terms of these things outside of that, the, these doctrines that are outside of that central 
you know, that central understanding, the person of Christ, the person of I mean, the Trinity, uh, the gospel itself in terms of how, how a person's saved. I mean, those things are, are sacred and, you know, we are not to, there's not to be any discussion ultimately in terms of, you know, what's, what it is and what, you know, what God intended. But in terms of something like evolution, you know, I, I, don't get me wrong. I am a big, you know this. I am mm-hmm. a big Genesis one, two, and three guy. I mean, I'm, I'm a. Everything starts in Genesis. That it, it's the big, it's the beginnings for for a reason. Every major doctrine that we have begins in the in the book of Genesis. I would argue, and so, so I don't, I don't, I believe that the problem is with evolution. It is, uh, you know, obviously it's it's an untruth. But I think it I think it weakens the rest of the Bible when you when you tear out when you ignore what Moses you know obviously well what I say obviously intended to say, but whether I can say it rises to the level of heresy, you know I can't I don't think I can say that. Yeah, I would call uh, evolution a satanic lie. <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> obviously, trying to get people off. The truth. Yes. I would definitely call it a satanic lie. Absolutely. And it is a false teaching. Yes, and it is a false teaching. Okay. For sure. And and I would warn people, you know, if somebody came to me and said, hey, I'm at a church that teaches evolution, that, or at least, or even allow, well, I shouldn't even say, they allow for evolution as being a possibility, I would say, yeah, that's a church you probably shouldn't be a part yeah. of. I mean, if, you know, if you're, if you're one of, if you're a biblical Christian, you want to know the truth, you want to be led in the truth. And someone asked me that, yeah, I would probably say, hey, that's something that I would, if I were in your position, I'd probably move on and find somebody that, that wants to, you know, adhere to the truth, Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Yeah, because if, if you look at Genesis, if the beginning of Genesis, the first part of the Bible is not true, if it's just a fable, then wow, what else is? So, okay, and and the next one is, uh, this is kind of what we, we touched on it in podcast 43, uh, something called replacement theology, or I guess it's called fulfillment theology, where the church replaces Israel, and God has, there's no purpose for Israel anymore. Is that a heresy? We kind of we kind of touched on it in that one, but this is where we're going to go a little more in depth. Is, is that a heresy? Why or why not? We need to be nuanced in what we say. Do I think that fulfillment theology, replacement theology, do I think that Someone who believes the church replaced Israel has replaced Israel is heretical. No, I no, I do not. I mean, no more than I mean, I would certainly even less than someone who believes evolution in terms of in terms of evolution. I I, I just don't I I don't think that that's a heresy. But I do think that it's not. I don't think it's true, and I and I have some good reasons to believe that. But I I would say for certain that. You know, R.C. Sproul, as an example, is a brother in Christ. And so, you know, if I thought it was a heresy and, you know, and Dr. Sproul had taught it, then I would be calling him a heretic. And that's, I'm just not ready to do that. I'm not even, for me, I'm not even closer to ready to do that. And so, you know, do I think he's wrong in that? Well, I don't think he's wrong now. I think, <laughs> I think he has a perfect theology now. <laughs> and I think that brother, I'm, I'm ready to meet that brother in, in heaven. So absolutely. But at the same time, I do, I think you do. I think his teaching here on earth in that sense, in that way was, was wrong. Yes, I do. 
I cer- certainly have things that are wrong in my theology. So, you know, things that I don't understand, things that I need to understand better, that sort of thing. So I'm not, I'm certainly not casting stones at, at someone like Dr. Sproul or, you know, Sinclair Ferguson or any of those brothers who would have a different understanding of, of end times than I do, of eschatology and different understanding of the church versus Israel. Uh, certainly would not. But I do think, I do think that, that they, I do think there, there is error there. And so that's, that's my opinion of that. But I think to, to defend us a little bit with what was said in that last podcast, I do think, and earlier I set this up by saying that anytime that there's error, there's a potential to, to move it toward her- heretical thinking and something that's outside of what would be Orthodox Christianity. And I think no different here, and I'll give you an example. You know, Martin Luther earlier in his, in his ministry, you know, really was pro, not pro-Jew, but he was definitely, you know, let's go evangelize the Jews, let's see if we can, you know, turn them and, and get them to, to come to the Lord. And you know, he was more, you know, pro-Jewish, if you will. Toward the end of his ministry, toward the end of his life, he had turned a corner, it seems, and, and he wrote some very, very negative things about the Jewish people. And, you know, and, and to the point of it would, be, it would make most of us feel uncomfortable reading some of the things that he said about the Jewish people. And so not to defend Luther, but, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I do think that Luther was a product of his time. I do think that he had become frustrated with that, you know, the Jews weren't, in the, that, that they weren't doing what he wanted them to do. He, you know, that he would, had preached the gospel and they weren't turning they, they, he was realizing that they are, in fact, an, an obstinate people. And, and so there was a frustration there, and I think that he vented that frustration. Martin Luther being a very verbose man and willing to speak his mind in his ministry, you know, he's done that. He does that uh, very well if you, read, if you read him, and he did that. And, and I think he was wrong in doing that. I don't think, I don't think we can defend him in doing that. But do I think that he was heretical? No, I don't. I don't think he was heretical. I think he was frustrated, quite frankly. But, you know, then you go down history, though, and, and you get to Nazi Germany, and they picked up on the things that, that Luther said about the Jews, and they used them as part of their justification. And, you know, that am I saying that fulfillment theology... Church replaces Israel, replacement theology, whatever you want to call it. Am I saying that that is in and of itself heretical? No. I'm saying, though, that we need to be careful because, you know, and, I, and, I, and, I, and let me say it this way. And I'll say one other, one other thing. Am I saying that it's theology's fault, so to speak, you know, that, that Hitler killed all the Jews? No, that's on Hitler. That's, but they did, you can't miss the fact that they did use mm. Luther's words as part of their justification. And, you know, so anyone that was in that position, I would say as a heretical, I mean, if, the, if, if you were in, you know, Nazi Germany and you're, you know, saying that I, you know, that it's, you're part of the Third Reich and you're saying that, you know, the Jews need to be eradicated, I don't see how you can be a part of the faith. I just don't, mm. I just don't see how that's compatible with the faith. And so, you know, that, I, again, so 
you know, I think that's, there's a great lesson there, you know, that you have a guy like Martin Luther, who's a great man, who is a great theologian. And, you know, in that one area that he, so to speak, let his guard down, you know, that there is great, great, uh, or, a ne- or this an incredibly negative response to that, you know, in terms of, uh, or consequence for that. So it's something we need, something we need to be aware of. Well, I'm just saying that you have walked me back on both evolution and replacement theology because I grew up, have this this pounded in my head that especially replacement theology is a heresy. So I grew up hearing that all the time, and you're you're the one that kind of said, look, it's not a heresy. So you walked me back. So you should feel proud of that. Well, and it, but it doesn't mean that it's not an error. It's not we, Right, error. but I, I, mean, I don't... We're not, we're not saying that... You know, we're not all of a sudden saying, well, we're, (laughs) no, no, I mean, we want it. The truth of the matter is I I really appreciate, you know, Dr. MacArthur more recently, you know, has said, I think we, again, we discussed this prior to the podcast, but you know, he, he had a a relationship with Dr. Sproul. He had a relationship Mm -hmm. with, with, you know, several of these guys that would, that would handle uh, eschatology that way. And, and look, I mean, he had he had a relationship with him around the gospel, and and so. But then I really appreciate more recently he said, you know, we need to get to, we need to get our eschatology right as the church, and I don't and I don't think that means I don't I could be wrong, but I I don't think so. But I don't think that means you know we're gonna not have those relationships. I think what that means is is that we need to. Of not only appreciate one another for you know our work on the gospel, but that we need to work hard to figure out what the Bible actually says when it comes to eschatology. Now, that's a big, that's a, <laughs> that's that's going to be a, a massive undertaking. And he's you know he's preaching through you know Zechariah right now, I think or has been at I don't know what he's preaching through at the moment, but I know he Revelation has, I think yeah yeah he's preaching in Revelation and and so you know, there's definitely, he's definitely making a push that way and, and trying to be a part of the solution, if you will, to understanding eschatology. Now, I, you know, how, how that's going to be received or how it's being received on the other, quote unquote, on the other side, I don't, I can't say that it's going to be, you know, how it's going to be received, but I, I am thankful that he's willing to make that, he's willing to make that jump, so. Absolutely. How about something uh, like preterism? Is that a heresy where everything was fulfilled in 70 AD? I don't, again, I don't think so. Okay. Um, but because it's not, I mean, specifically, I, I would, again, going back to, going back to what I define or what, what the definition of heresy that we're using is something that is something that is the gospel, you know, and affects the gospel in, in a false way or something that the person of Christ or I guess I could say the Trinity, the person of Christ specifically seems to be the the big one. You know, even the ministry of the Holy Spirit, you know, you talk about some of the things that, that uh, guys like Benny Hinn do, you know, guys like you know Kenneth Copeland, I would consider those guys to be heretics. Mm-hmm. You know, guys that are outside of what I would consider to be, you know, the Orthodox Christian faith. Yeah, I mean, those are, the, those are guys I would say are heretical. So preterism, you know, I know that Wilson is either full or partial. I know there's been some question as to whether or not he's full or partial preterist, but he's definitely, you know, Doug Wilson's definitely a preterist. And, you know, and I think he, I, I don't, I, there's things I disagree with, with, with him on, but I don't, 
in general. I think there's not there's no reason to believe he's not a bullet brother in Christ. I don't think I don't see him as a heretic. <laughs> so yeah, I just yeah I look at preterism as um, it's really bad um, <laughs> hermeneutics. I mean, even false teaching is a a strong word in you know in terms of like somebody's false teaching because I mean you think of biblically a false teacher would be somebody who's teaching heresy. But I think that you know, could there be a different teaching? Would that be? Better? Yeah, I would say maybe you know, wrong doctrine okay. would be a would be a good way. And, and I'm talking about something like something like replacement the, the fulfillment theology. I would say is wrong doctrine. That's personally, you know, what I'd say. But I but they're bro- like, but again, they're brothers that I that I love that would not you know would say I'm wrong. They would say that that I I have wrong doctrine. You know that I'm that I'm off, and I get yeah. that, and I, I and I. And I take that seriously. I really do. I take that seriously. I take it, you know, that I need to really double down and understand. And it's and, you know, I'm willing to do the work to to better understand so that I know that I'm not teaching something that's false. I don't think I'm going to change my doctrine after you know, 25 years or whatever it's been of studying. But but you know, I I do want to. I mean, I I, w- I am willing to be. I am willing to to put my doctrine to the test and, and to see whether it's true or not. And so I'm willing to read, you know, an author that I don't agree with because I want to hear what he has to say, because I want to test my own doctrine. You know, I want to, I want, I'm not going to just read all the guys that I agree with and, and just be fat and happy and think I got it right. I want to read everybody that I want to read everybody that, you know, obviously, people who are in the faith. I want to read what they have to say and I want to know I want to know why they say what they say and I want to I want to better understand it. Truthfully, Keith, I want to understand their argument better than mm. better than they understand it, quite frankly. Yeah. So as we move forward here, we know that anything that's heresy or a heretic, we don't want to associate, we don't want to fellowship with, we won't partner with. But how about when do we break fellowship over let's say false teaching or like we were saying a different teaching that we don't necessarily agree with. Yeah. Wrong doctrine. Yeah. Wrong doctrine. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm probably not going to be, you know, I I probably am not going to be at a, at a conference with someone that, you know, eschatology conference with someone that, well, I say that, but I mean, for a learning point of view, I might, but you know, I, I, I definitely, I would definitely say for sure, that if they get the gospel wrong, I wouldn't want to be associated in that, right? I, I wouldn't want to be associated with someone who gets the gospel wrong. And what I mean is, is that you know, if they, you know, if they teach a works-based doctrine, you know, works works-based salvation, if they if they have a wrong understanding of of the law and how the law um, applies in the Christian life. You know that would be the Seventh Day Adventists, so to speak, and that you know, in terms of their Sabbath, you know. So I would yeah. be careful, uh, you know, in terms of being in a in a position of fellowship with them in that sense, you know, or standing with them publicly in that way. And you know, obviously, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses would be out for sure. You know, in, in terms of like, I wouldn't, you know, I would not want to stand with a Charismatic. I wouldn't do that. Um, so I, I think that, you know, the question is, when do we break? You know, what is that line? And, you know, I don't, 
I, 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 you know, in terms of, I mean, I think MacArthur has done a good job over the years. John MacArthur's done a good job over the years with, you know, like he's had an incredible relationship with R.C. Sproul. Um, you know, there are other men he's had a, a good relationship with that, that wouldn't have the same eschatology as he, do, he does. And so, you know, I think that's a great pattern to follow in terms of how he's handled it. But anybody that doesn't get the Trinity right, the person of Christ, anybody that gets the Holy Spirit wrong, anybody that, that gets the gospel wrong, I think that's a, those are great places to say, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. So if somebody gets the gospel right, let's say Benny Hinn, or somebody <laughs> nail, <laughs> nails the gospel. <laughs> so how many of these false teachings, it really is just a matter of, of bad hermeneutics? Well, I think a lot of it is bad, you know, or, or not having a biblical hermeneutic. I, I, it's funny because I, you know, you you used the in that last podcast you used the word bad hermeneutics. I I think it's probably better to say that they don't have a biblical hermeneutic. Mm, and, okay. Because I would argue that the hermeneutic that that we teach is what we find in Scripture. I mean, it's actually the hermeneutic of the Scripture writers. Abner Chow wrote a book actually, an, an advanced hermeneutics book that he showed where that. A grammatical historical hermeneutic is exactly the the hermeneutic that the yeah. biblical writers understood and used, and I think that's right. I think he's right, and I think that's how we under, should understand the Bible. And so, I mean, I guess you could say anything that's not a biblical hermeneutic is a bad hermeneutic, but it's certainly. But I do think it's different. I, I that's why we're teaching a hermeneutics class in the in in on Sunday mornings. You know, that's why I've been going through that is because I want people to see. I truly want people to see that that the right hermeneutics is what leads to right doctrine and a right understanding and how they read their Bible and how they understand their Bible. And so, um, you know, in that that it's a consistent hermeneutic really throughout the Scripture. And and when they get that and understand that, um, it's makes it opens up Scripture and an understanding of Scripture in, a, in, in an all new and all in, in an amazing way. So, okay. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that hermeneutics class has been has been great. So, how much of the Bible should we spiritualize? Well, I think it depends on what you mean by spiritualize. Like reading it and letting the Holy Spirit teach us some new stuff. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, that's a tough question because I don't. I think we have to be nuanced in what we mean by that. I mean, I certainly want to be guided by the Holy Spirit in my understanding of the of Scripture. But what I would argue is that I can read the Scripture and understand the Scripture using a valid grammatical historical hermeneutic in understanding it, but that I can be guided by the Holy Spirit. And in that sense, it is spiritual. There is a spiritual aspect to understanding it that I'm asking the Lord, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, to dwell, and he's dwelling in me, and I'm asking him to to bear witness to my my heart the truth. And and there's a spiritual aspect to that. Now, I think what you're getting at is you know spiritualizing the text, spiritualizing the meaning of the text. And I don't I I'm always a, I'm always wary of anybody that spiritual or of any situations when the text is spiritualized, like. It says this, and you say it means this over here, and it's not something that I can readily see 
you know, I have the spirit dwelling in me and, and you try to show me this and, you know, you show me that I don't, I don't even know, you know, what I, I, my mind doesn't even think that direction, but so it's hard for me to even give it an example, but, but you tell me something that I can't readily see using a grammatical historical hermeneutic. I can't really get there. I'm always wary of those things. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always kind of like, eh, okay, I'm not, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt all the way to the point of that can't, I mean, I just can't go there. We, the Holy Spirit is our guide as we read God's Word, but the Holy Spirit will always guide us to the truth of what's in the Word. So, because he, the Holy Spirit was there to guide the men who wrote it, so he wants us to, to open our eyes and our minds to the truth. I don't think the Holy Spirit's going to lead you down a road that this is something that no one's ever discovered before. No, that I I would reject that. Yeah, yeah. That's what, and that's what. When you say spiritualized, that's what you mean. Is that somehow I've, I've I'm getting some meaning out of it that nobody else understood, or even the writer didn't understand. And you know, and I don't think I I would reject that. That I think that the writers knew exactly what they were writing. They may not have understood the full effect of it. They may not have understood, you know, the how how far reaching it would be but they understood what they were writing. I think the, the Holy Spirit revealed that to them. And so it's interesting because I think that the work of the Holy Spirit is revealing the intent, His intent in my heart of what was written. But, if I, but I also believe that the, the writers were guided by the Holy Spirit, the same, by the way, the yep. same Holy Spirit. So what He intended for them to write and what He caused them to write is exactly what He wants me to understand. I mean, I, I think that they're one for one because it's the same spirit, and so absolutely. Not, I mean, anything else would be, yeah, that that he intended something else, and you know, and I, I, then I know I realize that's what some people believe that the Holy Spirit somehow inspired them to write more than they understood, and and I don't know, I'm not sure I'm I'm there. Yeah, and the reason I ask that is some people have accused us who take the historical grammatical that we put God in a box and we need to let the Holy Spirit, you know, speak to us and move us around and do all this. I'm just going to stick with what it says and, and, and read it. Like you said, the way that was written, it was written for a purpose. This is the purpose and the Holy Spirit's going to guide us through that truth, through reading it and understanding it. But as pastors, it's our job to understand it, to study it, to dig in and, and, and get to the meat of it and find out what, what is it saying? Not that to have God's word fit what we think it says, you know. Oh, absolutely, and and I and I need to have the courage to be able to stand up for what I believe it says. Yeah. I mean, I, I I need to have the courage, and I need to have the I need to have the diligence to to be a workman to understand the Scripture in the right way, and and not fall, not shrink back from telling the truth and and declaring the truth. So when I say, you know, that I'm not, I mean, when I talk about and you know, a brother has a has a is teaching a doctrine that's not true, you know, whether it's creation or whether it's what, you know, the doctrine of the church or whatever, when I see it as being unbiblical, I need to say it's unbiblical. And I need to be willing to, to go, you know, to really go toe to toe and, and for the truth. And so, you know, now, you know, we're asking about what, you know, rises to the level of heresy. And that's a, you know, that's a completely, you know, different, I would say that's definitely 
definitely more, there's a higher hurdle in that sense, you know, to get to that point. But, but yes, they're absolutely, if someone gets a, gets a pet doctrine that is wrong and they begin to peddle that, you know, now you're, now you're getting into a different realm, you know, like you have someone coming into our church who has a pet doctrine that's wrong and they just want to, you know, let's just say they're Arminian and, you know, they believe they don't believe in, mm-hmm. in election. So they come in and they start, they start peddling that. And yeah, I mean, and making that, making that a big issue. I, yeah. You, you're going to have to go. If someone comes into our church and doesn't believe, you know, in a young earth, you know, I'm going to tell them we believe in a young earth and we teach a young earth. And if you don't believe in a young earth, then and you want to peddle that and continue to make it a big issue in the church, we're, we're going to ask you to leave, mm. you know? And so, because that, because you're rising to the level of being, you know, a false teacher and you're rising to the level of, of unsettling the flock, because that's not what we teach. That's where we are as a, as a, you know, leadership team. Yeah. Okay. Heresy. What is it? What isn't it? What can it do for you? Every time I see heresy, I think of Hershey. Oh, because of the spelling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you, I think you're dyslexic. Ah, let's go out. get some chocolate. You've been listening to Fresh Bread, the podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville. For more information, go to gracegainesville.org. And thanks for listening.